Okay, so joining me now is Cecilia uh, D'Anastagio. Is that how you pronounce your last name? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you wrote a, a great article for Kotaku uh, the other week uh, about the housing crisis that is currently happening in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, for those who may not have had a chance to read it yet, could you give us sort of a rundown or a summary of what you wrote about? Yeah, for sure. So there's a huge controversy in the Final Fantasy XIV community after two players bought up 28 houses in one ward. That's basically, for context, like an entire neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and they bought those houses on a server that is very small and was underpopulated when there were plenty of houses to be had. But after Final Fantasy's Stormblood expansion came out and so many players returned to bigger servers, a lot of players fled to the small server that these two players were on, hoping for houses. And after all of them were quickly scooped up, fingers were pointed at these two players who they felt had monopolized this entire neighborhood, selfishly, greedily, etc. So how was this brought to your attention? Are you a player of Final Fantasy XIV? Was this a tip that somebody gave you? I do play Final Fantasy XIV on and off. Um, but I heard about this actually because there was a post on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Through the course of uh, gathering your information for this post, um, did you log into that server? I know that they were giving you a tour, the two players who have bought up all this stuff. What did you come across as you were investigating this? Yeah, so just like it's important um, to meet people in real life when you can, when you're reporting a story, and like look them in the eye and understand their context. I think it's crucial when you're reporting stories that take place in MMOs and you can to meet these people's avatars and talk to them in places where they feel comfortable. So um, in pursuing this story, I really wanted to hear their side. I wanted to get a tour of the neighborhood, write about what it looks like. Um, and it, it has a humanizing element for sure, but I also think it's kind of just basic reporting ethics to do what you can. Absolutely. What's interesting about this story in particular is that it's sort of a culture story, but it's taking place on a, or in a video game world that's not in a, our tangible world that we live in. Um, are these types of issues that are coming up more often with video games, especially as they get more and more exposure and more people playing them? Um, issues in terms of like social issues yeah, and so how they play out in virtual world? Exactly, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's something I um, report on with a lot of dedication. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the way people behave in virtual worlds, I feel, is extremely telling of human impulses and ambitions and fears. I've written a lot about people transitioning after playing an avatar of the opposite gender. Oh. I've written about um, pedophiles who play out their proclivities in virtual worlds to prevent themselves from doing so in real life. And um, this, this housing crisis and people kind of hogging up property, I feel, is also something that reflects real-life impulses. If, you know, you read the news. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, that's why it's funny to see it play out on... Um on a thing that's for, for leisure for so many people, this is a game, it's supposed to be entertaining to see these social issues uh, take place on it. Uh, it's an interesting so why do you think? So why do you think, why do you think it's funny? I don't, I, funny maybe not isn't the right word, funny more interesting than funny comical to me. <laughs> I find it interesting to see that no matter what type of microcosm human beings are, they're still, mic, uh, they're still human beings, no matter what, 
no matter what the um, the canvas is that they're painting their ideas on, it still comes down to the same basic human beings and same basic human interaction with each other. There's going to be people who yeah. are greedily. There's going to be people who steal. There's going to be people who are benevolent and people who are altruistic, no matter what the medium is in which they're engaging in. What I think is it's funny true. being interesting is that now we are seeing it play out in mediums that beforehand had just been... Let's say 20 years ago, there was not this type of, maybe 20 years ago is a bad example, 25 years ago is a better example. Uh, there was not these types of forums for these people to engage in, uh, in MMOs or other types of video games. I think about 20 years ago, there were definitely virtual worlds where people, I mean, Landon Moo has been written about extensively. Mm -hmm. um, the way that race has played out in people's avatars. They'd, a lot of people in Lambda Moo wanted to have these like sexy Asian geisha avatars, which right. would all be like written out in descriptions. And the sociologist Lisa Nakamura does this incredible job talking about like why this is an impulse. Like why are these racial biases carrying over to virtual worlds where, you know, the slate is wiped clean. Right. And of course her conclusion is like humans are humans. Like we're going to be human wherever. Um, which is why I think it's extremely important as reporters for us to approach avatars in virtual worlds as if they are humans and they deserve the same um, protections during the reporting process. I agree with that. And what's fascinating is, especially for something like a housing crisis, the people who are playing this game in order to buy up an entire block, uh, time has to not be as as rare of a commodity for people like that, I guess, because they have to put so much time into this game, whereas somebody who's picking it up leisurely is not going to be able to uh, earn as much gill to buy as many houses in this thing. So it's a different type of privilege that you're seeing in this realm playing mm -hmm. out, uh, and it's funny to see its ramifications come back uh, to the real world, to see the type of people who are able to do these types of things in this virtual world. Yeah, that's exactly the right analogy. Like, time is money. Um, and if you're spending all of your time grinding away in this, you know, MMO to get tons of money, uh, and then you have all of this property, like, uh, is it is it your duty, is it your right to be charitable? And one of the things that um, one of the players who did buy up this whole neighborhood told me was, we worked hard for this, other people didn't, right. so we're entitled to this property. We got here first, and, like... Who are you to be knocking on our door and asking us to give this to you? Right. Um, which I thought, which, I mean, I don't know what these people's politics are, but I thought that reflected, you know, a, a sentiment that I think is pretty common right now in real life. Right, of course. I, you're in New York. I'm here in L.A. Uh, we have a term for it here. It's called NIMBYs, not in my backyard. And it's this... Uh... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I've never uh, heard of that. It's that Kaji type of, you know, like... This is, I don't want to say it's mine by right, but it does have that sort of mentality to it that, you know, like, I'm entitled to this thing uh, that you were not entitled to. You have not done what I've done to earn this. And it seems mm -hmm. there's a bit of that coming through in the article with these two players. I don't want to paint anybody with a broad brush. I haven't spoken to these players myself. But that's how it came across to somebody who read it. Would you agree with that, or do you push against that scene as how you've, you've actually spoken to these people? I think it's important for readers to draw their own conclusions about what um, what this means in a real-world context. Mm -hmm. One thing that I will say, though, is that um, on one hand, everyone's paying the same subscription fee. Right. So, um, and, and they are breaking the rules of the game by buying up multiple houses for player, which is not technically allowed. Right. On the other hand, one of these players told me that recently her husband had died and I she hadn't that. spent much time decorating her role at home. And this was her outlet for pursuing that. So 
And There's definitely adds, both sides to the story. Absolutely, and that adds such an interesting wrinkle because it goes back to what we were saying earlier, how this is a... Uh, a conduit or a canvas for you to express yourself in a way that you don't feel you're able to express yourself in uh, in the real world. And so there's definitely that element to these types of things, no matter what the story is. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> uh, sorry, I was a bit rambling. It's just, it's interesting to me to see people... Um, like you said, with her husband dying, she's not able to decorate her actual house to do it in this world where she's spending so much time. I mean, that obviously is something personal to her. Uh, so this is a much more... It's more multifaceted than it might seem on the surface as uh, people who are monopolizing this game. It actually means something to them as well, and so they do have ownership or a sense of ownership over what they've created in this game. Yeah, definitely. And like because there's a finite amount of property, like that's when it becomes an issue. Right. Uh, and as Square, uh, you reached out to Square. Have they set up anything in process to try and deal with this issue? I know that they've tried to migrate people to other servers and they're dealing with it, but uh, what what are the ramifications for these players? Are they are they going to get banned for doing this? This thing that technically breaks the rules in the game. I don't believe they'll get banned because they, um, I believe, purchased these properties under alternate accounts, mm -hmm. which, you know, is kind of like a workaround. Right. Uh, and Square, um, it, Square will add more housing, and it's worth noting that players also have access to apartments, which are, you know, <laughs> talking about, like, real life versus right. this game, like, people really look down on apartments. They're like... I want a front yard. I want a backyard. I want to invite people over to hang out in my garden. Right, of course. You know, and sit by this, like, lake that's, you know, spurting bubbles that I meticulously, <laughs> you know, organized. Like, it, apartments are smaller. They're viewed as less luxurious. Um, and on a few servers, like, they're still, they're still available. But definitely, like, definitely look down upon. Because if, if you want to live out your fantasy in a virtual world... And like you live in a in, in like a small cramped apartment in real life, you're kind of like, uh, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> now I gotta do it in Evilise or wherever it is. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, I urge everyone to check out Cecilia's works on Kotaku and wherever else they might pop up. Thank you very much for joining me and uh, kind of walk us through this process and what it was like, and give us a, a new perspective on things that are happening in the virtual world that reflect back on our regular world. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye.